Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about showing up. But before we jump into all that, I thought I'd give you my usual weekly update. So this week, second full week of quarantine, or or pretty much through the third week by the time you guys hear this, um, it's um, it's been easier to sell into than I thought it would be. Um, you know, it's not too different to how I normally work, which is really nice. So I'm lucky. Um, you know, I, I kind of do a lot of online conference calling um, and things anyway, so it's not been too much of an adjustment period. Um, the, the the bit that um, has been challenging, I guess, is trying to um, fit in all my usual activities or finding some way to get all my usual activities done. So things like my fitness training um, and that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, it's been more difficult with only being allowed to go outside once a day for, for exercise. Um, obviously going out with snow for that. Uh, my dog um, for that uh, period of time um, taken out for uh, for either a walk or a run so on the days um, where uh, I'm following a training schedule as many of you know um, so on the days where I'm designated the run day I take her out for a run the other days I walk with her um, and then we've been doing various bits and bobs at home I've just um, uh, bought a treadmill um, that arrived about a week or so ago now um, the idea being that I was going to use that um, to uh, exercise snow a bit try and train her to to use the treadmill a little bit and uh, also use it myself especially for my kind of speed running days and my uh, kind of pace adjustment pace adjusted runs um so i can uh, precisely control the speed that i'm running i think uh, that should work out great for me um i tried snow on it once she was absolutely terrified of it um so we're going to try slowly slowly over the next few weeks try and get her on it uh see if we can get her running on it if we get her on it, I shall uh, post a video up on Facebook, so I'm sure that'll be uh, quite interesting. So, today's topic, um, there's a number of things I wanted to talk about, um, and I think there's a few interesting things, you know, um, uh, that, I, that I can cover off here. So, the first thing I want to do is, uh, you know, I've done this a couple of times before, and I quite I quite like doing this. I um, most people who know me know I have a very eclectic taste in music so I'm a big uh, fan of rap and hip-hop um, and there's a song that I heard um, by um, an artist called Akala and um, that's A-K-A-L-A um, if you want to look him up on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever your uh, music uh, thing of choice is um, and this, I'm just going to play you the first 30 seconds or so of this song because I think it's really interesting and, and then we're going to talk about it briefly so uh, here we go let's hope this works here we go Absolute powerlessness does the same. It's not the poverty, it's the inequality. We live with every day that we turn us insane. 
Uh, so that's just the first 30 seconds or so, uh, roughly 30 seconds there, of that song. Um, it's called Absolute Power, um, and again it's by Akala. And I think he's got some, um, you know, he's one of the most um, uh, probably uh, vocal uh, rappers that I listen to in terms of um, his, his music is quite, uh, his, his lyrics are really intelligent and they kind of reflect what's going on in the world. Um, you know, he's, he's actually got one of the highest IQs um, in the country for maths, I think it is. Um, I think I saw an interview with him where he said, you know, he's got one of the um, highest IQs. So I, and I, so I think it's a really intelligent kind of music and I, I love, um, love his albums. Um, this particular song, you know, I've heard it a number of times and I was listening to this the other day and I thought, oh, this is worth um, talking about. Um, the, the absolute power corrupts absolutely and then absolute powerlessness does the same. And I think and why this is important now is I think because people are feeling a bit powerlessness, a bit of powerlessness um, right now with the um, the effects of the world. And I think it's important that we kind of discuss that, how we make people useful. You know, we talked last week about um, how I had a friend that um, was struggling to uh, find things to do and I was able to, to, to contact his staff, do some training and stuff. And I think it's that initial overwhelm in terms of, you know, this is looking very different than my normal day potentially. How do I, how do I go about still adding value? How do I still um, go about doing stuff and getting things done, even with a massive difference in terms of the way um, that our life is restricted at the moment? Um, so, it, so it, I, th I think it was a diff, uh, you know, an, uh, an interesting concept in music there um, and I think we will probably all go through a cycle of kind of powerlessness uh, and feeling powerless to do to do stuff to change stuff I'm sure that's all going to hit that's going to hit everybody at some point um, you know if you if you study the kind of grief cycle you've kind of got denial um, and stuff and I think it's in there that you start feeling that powerlessness so the food sooner I think everybody knows who studied it you know if you, the sooner you go through the grief curve the quicker you can kind of return to a baseline uh, and start being productive again and I think that's an important thing with today's situation you know the real world scenarios that we find ourselves in um, that we have to push through the initial um, pain the initial powerlessness that we feel you know um, something like this is a great equalizer um, everybody is made of energy at the same at the end of the day everybody's made of blood skin bones everybody's the same you know it's affected everybody the PM has come down with coronavirus in the last week um, in fact today he was admitted to hospital um, I read on the news so uh, by the time uh, this comes out hopefully he's fully recovered um, but you know it, it can affect everybody and that's what I mean by it's a great equaliser it kind of um, puts everybody on the same kind of footing um, everybody has to kind of stick to the same kind of rules and guidance um, and there's kind of two or three different approaches you know we've talked about this previously um, and you know we can't control obviously we can't control um, real world events in terms of like coronavirus or whatever uh, we can't control the government's guidelines uh, we can't control the lockdown measures uh, we can't control other people's behavior but what we can control is how we respond to these events uh, that's the only thing that we can control is how we respond to it and you know 
maybe we do have that initial feeling of powerlessness, but the quicker we can move through that and kind of take a step back and view the situation and say, right, what is it that I can do? You know, for me, um, I've spent a bit longer preparing for these episodes of the podcast to get a bit more information in them. So hopefully um, that, that'll be coming through. Um, I've been putting some effort into some other projects, which is really nice. It's got some time to do that. And I think, you know, there's, there's this um, tendency that we have initially when we get put into a new scenario that we're uncertain of to kind of get shocked into um, not moving forward into this paralysis in terms of um, getting stuff done, in terms of um, moving forwards towards our goals, in terms of being uh, productive uh, and, and just being, uh, being um, what we think we ought to be. Um, so we need to move past that and there, there's some tips I've got for helping you move past that and I think you know if you are feeling powerless um, you've, you know there's nothing you to do you know we talked the last couple of episodes of the podcast about you know you, you can contact friends and families especially elderly relatives folks that uh, probably aren't getting out as much as they usually do um, you know I've got some elderly relatives in my family who are fairly active um, so um, you know they're out and about all the time so that's a big difference for them um, so what can you do to support them with that get on Skype with them or use FaceTime or whatever mechanism you've got maybe it's just picking up the old-fashioned phone and having a conversation on the old dog and bone having a conversation about um, what they're up to how they're coping what they and maybe providing some suggestions of what they can do to um, fill their time you know maybe they're not usually into reading maybe they want to read but they can't find any books so maybe you could buy them some larger print books if they're elderly and their sight's not so good maybe you could get them an audible membership to to um, listen to audiobooks maybe that's the way maybe they want to do something a bit different and they or learn a new skill maybe they want to learn a new language uh, you know I, I've just finished my um, language challenge I've mentioned that enough on the podcast but I thoroughly recommend uh, Duolingo as an app I think people of uh, any age um, will be able to to operate that from um, the elderly right down to young children so maybe you've got young children in the household that you're trying to keep occupied and busy uh, maybe there's new things that you can do with them i know joe wicks a couple of um, parents who i work with on a regular basis um, they are using the joe wicks um, programs in the morning i think it's nine o'clock something like that uh, an exercise program that they're doing uh, maybe you can do research some home workout routines um, there's a whole host of options you know maybe you've got that camera sat in the back of your closet that you bought years ago and you always wanted to do a bit of photography maybe now's the time to dig that out maybe um, somebody else um, who you live with wanted to learn a new skill so maybe it's time to help them set up whatever they need to get going with that um, and assist them with that there's a whole host of things that you can do in your day-to-day -day lives um, to help folks out of course then you've got your co work colleagues um, uh, folks that you work with on a regular basis do they need support do they need a call whatever it may be can you help them develop in this time other things that you can do still to put yourself further forward you know and doing each of these things is going to help remove that feeling of powerlessness if you've if you've got that feeling so i think it's important to kind of keep busy and stick to some routine um i found that days where i've not got any meetings scheduled 
um, and I'm not going out anywhere, that, that if I don't stick to a routine, um, that my day kind of uh, falls by the wayside, I lose it to pointless and various stuff, scrolling through social media, reading news articles, um, that kind of nonsense, um, I kind of lose it and I feel like I've not achieved much by the end of the day, so I find that if I've not got that structure in place, I really struggle, so um, even on those days where I'm not doing calls, I'm not doing um, structured activity, time-blocked activities, I try and stick to a routine, so I get up at the same time as I normally would, I have my breakfast at the same time, I walk snow at the same time, I do my exercise inside at the same time um, and then I've got several other things that I try and do at the same time of day as well so things like I've maintained my language learning for example so I do that at the same time and um, there's a few other things that I do so what does your normal routine look like how can you adapt that how can you make that consistent across a week I think the other thing that I think um, people could fall into the trap of is um, making all the days look the same um, so you, you need to determine uh, you need to have a difference to allow, allow you to um, kind of feel the difference between the weeks and the weekend because uh, while we're um, let, you know where there's less going on in terms of we're not allowed out and about doing various things you know a lot of us um, do stuff outside of the household at weekends normally um, so you know once now that we're all in the house a lot more um, it's uh, a lot easier for those days to all feel the same so make sure don't fall into the trap of working right through seven days a week and um, continuously because equally that way you're going to burn out and um, you don't want that either so those are a few tips um, for kind of removing um, that feeling if you have it if you start to feel it in the future come back to that basic routine what can you do what time can you get up uh, can you make that at the same time what time do you have a shower get brush your teeth or whatever it is you do in the mornings uh, what exercise do you do fit that in it's important that we make actually make sure you know a lot of us don't necessarily do um, the amount of exercise we would like to we don't still have time to get around to it um, so maybe now's the time to put some time regularly every day into your calendar to do that whether that's a half an hour walk outside or whether that's trying to get up to you know slowly working up to 100 push-ups or whatever it may be uh, my dad's doing a challenge at the moment to try and get himself to 100 push-ups so he started out last week a couple of days ago, um, I think he did about 12, 13, which is really good for him because he's not tried to do push-ups for, I'm guessing, 15, 20 years. Um, so that was quite good. Um, so he's trying to challenge himself to get up to 100 in the next month or so. Um, so that would be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but doing a little bit of that every day is certainly going to help. Um, so so that's, like I say, some, some ideas of... Um, removing those feelings of powerlessness when you get them um, you know look back over the last couple of episodes if you want some more hints and tips um, a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about you know um, some uh, big um, some big uh, well-known people have taken some criticism during their time for their uh, response to uh, to these events you know a couple of folks um, particularly have taken some heat and I'd just like to um, discuss that briefly um, so um, folks like um, Richard Branson um, he was criticised for asking some of his staff to um, take um, an unpaid leave break I think it's a period of six or maybe eight weeks over the next three months um, something like that um, so he received some criticism over that and um, you, you know you, there was a, a couple of news articles I saw that said something along the lines of, you know, he should be selling his private island, Necker Island, um, to um, uh, allow him to be able to pay for his um, staff. 
Now, uh, similarly, Grant Cardone, uh, I mentioned him a couple of times on the podcast, um, he let go, I think, about 80 of his staff, um, um, and he was described as a hypocrite for doing that, because he's always told to, uh, he's kind of, his, his, uh, he's well known, he's written a number of best-selling books, um, the 10x rule is the, probably the biggest one, or his first one anyway, um, he's written a couple of other books, um, Be Obsessed, or Be Average, I think, is another one, um, and a couple of others as well, I can't remember the name of right now, um, but he's kind of a well-known name, they're both well-known names, obviously, household names, and um, the kind of both trying to manage their business and um, taking a bit of criticism for doing so, which I think is slightly unfair. Um, you know, Grant, Grant particularly was criticised for um, um, letting go of his people when he's got, a, you know, a private plane and stuff like that. Um, but when you look at it, how his business works, um, he does a lot of real estate. So he has a massive um, real estate fund that he manages. Um, so he's flying around the country looking at um, properties. Um, and these are kind of um, single-let um, single houses, as, as we know them in, in, in the UK here. Um, they are massive blocks of apartments he tends to purchase um, and uses it. As, uh, and he manages, I think it's called Cardone Capital, his um, investment fund. Um, so, so he flies all over the country, uh, the US, um, looking at properties, uh, and that's what he uses his plane for. And I think, you know, it's a bit disingenuous when people say things like, oh, he should sell his plane so that he could have kept some of his staff on. Well, you know, yeah, if he, he could have sold the plane, you know, he definitely could have done that, and he could have kept his number of his staff on. But that means his company is not going to grow, it's going to stagnate because he can't get out, he won't be able to travel across the country looking at uh, different uh, places because he looks at multiple properties a day so he's often flying from different cities and he just hasn't got the time or the uh, or you know it's it's a lot more cost efficient as well for him to do it on his personal plane rather than um, flying commercially um, and taking a time out to um, follow the um, timelines of set airline flights um, you know with your personal plane you can fly obviously at whatever time suits you subject to the FAA guidelines and rules obviously uh, which is what he does so um, I think it was a bit disingenuous of folks to criticize him for doing that um, because you know if, if he's trying to maintain he's not only trying to maintain what he's got right now he also needs to make sure the business and this is the same for any business right now uh, matter of fact um, you know it's not just about surviving um, that's because there's no point surviving the next three six twelve months whatever and then going out of business further down the line because um, you've put yourself into a position where you're going to lose in the future by doing something like that um, and it's it's almost that catch-22 so you've got to be able to maintain your business through this period of time this short-term issue that we're experiencing now where like I say whether that's going to be three six twelve months whatever it is um, you know we've got to make sure we survive that period of time but We've also got to make sure that our businesses survive going forward beyond that as well because he's not going to do anybody any favours by putting his business in a place, and again this is uh, applicable to any business, um, not just his, whether it's a property business, um, whether it's a restaurant, whether it, whatever, it, this applies to every business. You need to be thinking if you own your own business, if you're an entrepreneur of any kind, whether you're a property entrepreneur or any other entrepreneur, you need to be thinking, right, how can we um, get through this? Ideally, we don't want to just be um, um, getting by in this time, we want to be thriving. So not only 
How, how do we grow when everybody else is contracting during this period of time? What can we do to grow our businesses? Um, I think it's important to look at that angle. If we can't, if we're not in a position to grow our businesses currently, what can we do to maintain them during this period of time so that we can grow them in the future? Um, because I think there's a big danger that if we look at stagnating by not moving, not maneuvering ourselves into a better position right now, uh, then we're going to suffer in the future. And I think it's important to, to recognize that. Um, and the other side of it as well, uh, interestingly, selfishly, um, selfishly, 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 even, um, you know, these folks, you know, Richard Branson particularly, you know, he's been in this industry for a long, his industry for a long time. He, he's gone through some significant pains in his life. Um, I was reading a news article about him a little while back, um, which made me want to read his book. So I've got um, one of his autobiographies, got a couple out. I've got one of his autobiographies sat on my desk waiting for me to read. Um, when he was younger, he, he was arrested for a night and was put in jail when he first started um, Virgin Records. Because um, I, 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 and I believe this is my foggy memory, so it may be incorrect that that was because um, he ha he didn't have the right transport um, uh, contracts in place, the right um, legal. Um, documentation in place to be able to import those records into whatever country. I think he'd taken a lorry full of the records um, to a different country um, and he didn't have the right paperwork in place so he spent the night in prison um, because he was um, illegally importing it because it was the first time he'd done it. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting that, that, that he'd experienced that and gone through that. And I think that goes to show that the mindset that you've got to have as an entrepreneur is you've got to get through these things. You know, he could have easily stopped at that but, you know, he progressed through it and obviously he was where he is today. So he's kind of experienced a lot of pain already. Um, so, you know, you know, he, he owns his business. So it's for him to manage his business how he sees fit. Um, you know, a lot of people call Grant Cardone a hypocrite again for letting those people go when he's saying people should be 10xing. Why isn't he 10xing? And, you know, he did a really good post recently where he kind of went through this and uh, which I recommend people watch. If, you, if you're a fan of Grant Cardone, I think it... Um, you know, it does a good job and it'll do a better job than I will of explaining it here of, um, instead of, um, contracting all areas of his business, he's focusing on his core product offerings, um, that bring in the most revenue and expanding on those pieces. So where he's let people go, you know, he talked in the video about, um, he's let go apprentices and things like that, that takes his time where he's training people. So it's taking his time out of the business. Those things are nice to have in a business. Those are really good things to do if you've got the time, but if you've not got the time and your business is going to suffer otherwise, then it makes sense to switch your focus and attention back onto those core activities because otherwise you're doing a disservice to all those other people that are relying on his companies for jobs, incomes, etc. Um, because, you know, it's eventually going to stagnate and slide and, and, you know, other people are going to lose their jobs as well. So um, so I thought that was an interesting view. If you've got any um, insights into that kind of thing, drop a, whether you agree or disagree, uh, drop some messages onto the Facebook page. Um, it'd be interesting to see um, everybody else's view as well. Um, a couple of other things uh, I wanted to talk about. Um, I thought there was a great um, uh, meme um, was sent to me. I think it was my mum actually that sent it to me weirdly um, but um, it must have come from Facebook or Twitter or somewhere like that I'm not sure where she got it from I'm assuming it was Facebook something like that um, 
and it was a little picture of um, mountain goats in Landudno in Wales and um, there was a little caption beneath it uh, something along the lines of um, uh, while while, um, everybody's locked inside on lockdown mountain goats are reclaiming Landudno and they're kind of camped out on people's gardens and stuff these goats which is great uh, great to see um and um, there's, a, there's a second caption underneath saying um, we can we are taking control of our narrative, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. I thought that was quite funny, uh, but it's got a serious point to it. Um, you know, this goes back to um, what I was saying earlier in terms of how we respond to these outside events, uh, and the only thing we can control is how we respond. And I think. Um, just like those mountain goats, we need to control our own narratives during this time. You know, when I do my business coaching um, uh, outside of this period of time, um, it's a question I always ask is, you know, what narrative um, do you want? You can control your narrative. So what do you want that narrative to be? Um, You know, and we kind of talk about what kind of culture folks want to create and what people um, want other people to think of them when when they think of them. So, what kind of things do you want um, your friends, your family, your uh, customers to think of when they hear your name, when they see you? Um, what what kind of feelings do you want to be evoked? And I think um, this is even more important during these kind of um, unprecedented times. Um, I think it's um, important that we take charge and own our own narratives. I think it could be quite easy to um, kind of fall into a victim mentality of, oh, there's nothing I can do. I'm being stopped from going outside. I'm being stopped going into work. I'm being stopped. I'm being stopped. I'm being stopped. What, well, what can you do? You're not being stopped to do everything. Like I said, there's so much that we can do from home um, 99% of businesses obviously some people have been massively affected negatively um, you know people have lost their jobs or whatever uh, uh, and taken uh, financial hits uh, maybe they've got family members that have lost their jobs uh, maybe they're struggling to pay um, for their mortgage their rent whatever it is uh, however they're living uh, maybe they're struggling to put food on the tables at the moment because of that money and and it can be easy to kind of sit and just let that take over and let that become the story that we tell ourselves. And because we tell ourselves it over and over, it can become hard to break that cycle of negativity and get out and, and change our own narrative. And instead of being that kind of unemployed person, you know, I, I know um, a lad, um, a friend of mine, um, I'm not, in fact, I've not spoken to him for a few years, um, but it used to be a good friend of mine. Um, just haven't talked to each other for a few years. He's he's been unemployed as long as I've known him. He's done a few um, kind of charity type jobs um, to be able to get his benefits, um, and and he keeps telling himself, you know, the last few times I've spoken to him, you know, I've asked him how the job search is going because he's always applying for stuff, and he says, oh, I'm just not. Um, people just aren't interested in me. I can't get a job. And, you know, I sit down with him and say, right, what, what's causing this? Let's have a look at your CV. OK, you need to change these things. But more importantly, what what kind of jobs are you applying for? And, he's like, and he kind of tells me the four or five jobs that he's applied for this week. Um, you know, and this was a while back. This isn't recently. So, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, like I say, I've not talked to him for a couple of years. So I don't know um, where he is at the moment in terms of employment. Uh, but he'd say, you know, I've applied for a couple of jobs locally. And, and he lives in quite a rural area. Um, so a very small town, probably, you know, a, a, a 
couple of thousand people max um, so there's not much going on in the local area um, so I say right how about going to the local big town um, you know it's, it's going to be a 20 minute bus ride whatever um, or, or get, get learn how to drive or I don't want to learn to drive uh, okay you're limiting yourself there and, and you're kind of sticking with that narrative oh 20 minutes is too far away to travel for work well it's not really. I used to drive over an hour to get to work. In fact, my first job that I had when I came out of school, I worked for a local council. I worked for Tewkesbury Borough Council, which was a great job. I absolutely loved it. I took an apprenticeship there. I was on a, the apprenticeship scheme for a year. Um, and as an apprentice, you don't get paid a lot. I was, In fact, I was being paid £80 a week um, to work there. Uh, my petrol um, my petrol to get from home um, like I said it was a 40 minute um, trip each way so 80 miles each day so my petrol cost was more than the 80 quid a week um, so I was actually losing money by going to work but I was able to create a great reputation for myself I was able to create contact I was able to um, gain the benefit from doing that and create a, 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 my own narrative of being a good employee which has enabled me to do things like this because I've been able to um, grow and learn from those experiences. I've been able to do development through that. That was a brilliant stepping stone. The first stepping stone after school was a fantastic opportunity. A lot of people could, could have complained and said, well, oh, I'm not doing that because I'm going to be losing money. And, you know, and it was great. I supported myself by having a, an even job as well. I used to work in a local pub at the same time. Um, so, and, and that in itself was a lot of experience doing different things. That taught me to um, manage money, manage finances, manage inventory, um, a whole host of skills just from doing those couple of things. And I think it's that mindset between making it happen and that kind of victim mentality. So um, I've talked before on the podcast about the ownership mentality and the um, employee mentality, the entrepreneur mentality and the employee mentality. Now, you can be an employee and have the entrepreneur mentality. That's going to put you in a real great place because if you operate as if you own um, own the business and put the same amount of energy and effort into the business as if you owned it, then that's going to take you to a whole new level. Um, I, I, I listened to an interview the other day. It was a great interview. It was a, a chap called Marcus Davis. Um, he's from uh, America, um, Chicago, I believe. Um, so somebody I know was interviewing him. It was great. Um, it was a great interview. Um, he owns a number of restaurants out in Chicago. Um, he owns uh, a restaurant called The Breakfast Club and uh, Culture as well, both with K's instead of C's. Um, There's an interesting story as to why that is. Uh, when he first started the business many, many years ago, he was typing his original business plan up on a typewriter. I think it was his mum's typewriter, he said, and um, the letter C was missing, so he had to use a K for that, and he's took that throughout all his businesses ever since. So if you go onto any of his uh, restaurant websites, um, wherever there should be a letter C, they've now all got K's, and he's created, created um, a number of restaurant chains. So you've got um, a whole host of restaurants out in Chicago. And um, during this interview, he was asked, you know, what could he attribute his success to? And he said, well, when he first, he opened his first restaurant, he set up three very simple rules. And when you hear these, you are going to be absolutely blown away by how simple they are. So the first one was, we are going to open when we say we're going to open. So if we say we're going to open at six o'clock in the morning, we're going to open at six o'clock in the morning. 
we're going to close when we say we're going to close. So we're going to open it. If we say we're going to close at six o'clock in the evening, we're going to close at six o'clock in the evening. We're not going to open and uh, we're not going to close at quarter to six, at half five. We're going to close at 6 p.m. Uh, and he actually, he said in the um, interview, he actually opens later. So if anybody rocks up in the five minutes after, he will seat them and serve them during that time period as well. Um, and the third thing was, um, if it's on the menu, it will be available. How, and just think about that for a second. Let that, let, uh, mull that over in your mind. Let that sink in for a second. Those are three very simple rules of how he was successful and able to kind of generate his, uh, enough business to be able to op- open up multiple restaurants. Open when you can say you're going to open. If you're going to open at six o'clock in the morning, not half six, not seven o'clock, six o'clock. If you're going to close, close when you say you're going to be closed. If you've got it on the menu, have it available. How many times have you been into a restaurant and they've not had something on the menu that you've ordered? You said, oh, I'd like um, so-and-so, please. And they've said, oh, no, terribly sorry, we've run out of that today. And then you've asked the second thing and they've run out of that. And it becomes very frustrating. My parents were over-visiting. Um, as you know, they live in France. Uh, they were over-visiting a month, maybe two months ago um, now, a uh, little while back anyway, they were visiting, they were staying at a local hotel, um, which is actually closing down, unfortunately. Um, it was really good because it's convenient because it's halfway between where I live and where my brother lives, so they can see us both nice and easily, um, which works really well. Um, but unfortunately, the, the, the hotel was closing down. Now, attached to this restaurant was a hotel. Um, attached to the hotel was a restaurant even, and the restaurant was also closing down. Now, uh, my parents had had uh, a long day um, traveling um, across um, from here to France, um, they'd gone up to Manchester to see um, my gran. Um, she, she's up there, and um, then they'd come back again. So um, they, they hadn't seen me and my brother on the first day. They were just getting back to the hotel, so they went into the restaurant. Um, so the restaurant was due to close. I think uh, um, stop serving food at nine. Uh, I think my dad went down at eight o'clock to get something to eat, um, and they'd already closed, shut up, tap, uh, and cleaned everything down. Um, and they said, "Sorry, we sent the chefs home, um, uh, but." Um, you know, um, nothing really we can do for you. And my dad came out and talked to the lady on reception because he stayed there quite a few times. He knows the lady. He said, you know, is the restaurant supposed to be open or closed? They said, no, 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 it's open. Um, it's due to be open for another hour or so yet. And they said, oh, well, they're refusing to serve me. They said they're closed and they've cleaned up. And um, the lady went and sorted it out so that my parents could have some food and some uh, drinks, um, w- which was really good. Uh, but how frustrating is that? You know, if it wasn't closing down, it's probably one of the reasons it is closing down. Uh, but, you know, how can a business survive if they take that mentality? How many times have you rocked up to a restaurant? You know, I, and I've done this a number of times. You rock up to a restaurant just before closing time and they say, oh, terribly sorry, we're closed already. Um, and it's because the people there that are serving you are usually not the owners. They're, they've got that employee mindset. Um, they're paid by the hour. They want to get out as quickly as they can. But if they t- change that mindset around and, and took that mindset shift into an owner's mentality, then that's going to take them to a next level. People are going to see that. People are going to become more frequent um um, visitors to the restaurant um, and, and the business is just going to grow and then the owners are going to you know, be thankful for that because at the end of the day that makes them more money um, and, and this is the same for any business um, you know, so how often do you not show up so, and by that I don't mean physically show up because I know that's difficult during these times, but actually showing up, when do you turn up, do you turn up when you say you're going to turn up 
Do you, have you delivered that project when you said you were going to deliver it? Have you helped do whatever it was you said you were going to do by the time you said you would do it? Did you say you'd go and get something, but you forgot to do it for your... Maybe you said you'd pop into the shops on the way home and pick something up for um, your partner on the way home. Did you forget to do it? Now, all these things, in my mind, are showing up, and I think it's very difficult sometimes to um, be consistent at showing up. But I think we the trick is to take you to that owner's mindset and that entrepreneurship mindset is showing up consistently in every aspect of your life now there's good everybody has off days that's fine but nine times out of ten you know one of the things marcus davis said in that interview was you know you know we cannot serve the perfect meal every time i have a bad day every now and again the chef and one of the sous chefs might have a bad day every now and again the waiters might have a bad day uh, waitresses might have a bad day whatever it may be not every time we're going to get it right but every time what we can get right is responding to that your food's not right let's put that right as soon as we can um table's not quite set up the way you like it let's correct that as soon as we can but what we can control is how we show up and the way he showed up was opening when he said he was going to open close when he said he was going to close and not before and making sure that everything was on the menu so what's the menu of your life how what things do you need to look at and say right i need to be showing up in these areas of my life consistently to be able to be effective and delivering the most value i can and like i say that's not just in a business business perspective that's in a in a lifestyle perspective as well so your friends your family etc what do you need to show up for them what do you need to do to show up for them um, to make sure that they're getting the most value they can from you and you're giving them the most value that you can uh, so some really big things to think about there um, hopefully that's helped a little bit you know we've talked about a whole number of things we've talked about kind of those feelings of powerlessness hopefully um, nobody's feeling that but if you are I've shared some tips for getting through that making sure you structure your day uh, making sure you have consistent structure through your days however although we want to make it consistent you need to have it consistent during the week and then at the weekend so there's still a different a differentiate differentiator between the two um, so that you, you know all the days don't blend into one uh, we've talked about owning your narrative um, and and making sure that we control the things that we can control and the only thing we can control is how we respond to situations so making sure we have calm controlled responses to situations and trying to still deliver whatever we need to deliver and also we've talked about showing up consistently and what we can do to show up and that may look different for everybody that may be you may be a single mother so the way you show up is to make sure that you're um, during this period of time um, that you're keeping your children occupied that they're still learning whatever it is they need to learn the schools have set uh, maybe um, you're a business owner um, so your um, the way you show up now is keeping your business ticking over and trying to still grow it during this time if you can't grow it during this time it's keeping it where it is and making sure it's still viable at the end of this period of time um, maybe um, you're uh, trying to uh, you, you you kind of trying to um, lose weight or something during this time so the way you show up for that aspect of your life is to make sure that you stick to the diet that you'd set or maybe you're doing the right amount of exercise that you'd set maybe you're trying to learn a new language that was one of your goals like i was so maybe you do the way you show up for that is to do your um certain 
that have maybe it's half an hour or an hour each night of Duolingo, maybe it's um, um, tu online tutors um, on, on italki, which is what I use, uh, maybe there's a couple of other things um, that you can do in that space. So what is it that you need to do to show up um, for your life and be able to do that consistently? So. Like I say, hopefully that's helped. That's a slightly longer episode than usual, um, but hopefully it's helped a few folks. If you've got any questions, if you're struggling with anything, drop us a note on Facebook, either put a post on the uh, Facebook page or DM me. Um, a couple of folks have been DMing me, which is really nice. So um, I've been helping out where I can. Um, I do offer some coaching. So if, if, you, if you want some coaching during this time, I can do that. Give me a shout and we can see what we can do uh, to help you out and, and position you in the best possible place we can um, for uh, when things return to normal. So uh, hopefully you're all well. Hopefully you stay safe and I shall see you all next week. Thank you very much for listening.